0: Hey, welcome into Tcam Sports Podcast. I'm your host Cameron Tracewell. This podcast we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is Cams Sports Podcast and the Instagram page is underscore Sports underscore Podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the show's. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. This is the Jacob Brandon episode, part two, but with a twist. Jacob and I have agreed to now start a show together. It's going to be called It's Game On. This show will consist of all sports. We thought about the Blitz, but the Blitz maintains more to football and just a selection of sports instead of the whole variety, which we'll do. Schedule-wise, we are not too sure what we're going to do. We might just do a a one-day-a-week Wednesday episode is our thoughts. But for now, it's going to be called It's Game On. It's going to be fun, man. And I'm glad that we're doing this together. So, today is the MLB segment. I said yesterday we were going to talk about MLB. We didn't jump into it on the first part because we got busy talking about NBA, March Madness, and NFL. This is an MLB selection. Jacob and I have selected our division winners for the year. We've also selected a couple teams that are going to be better this year. Some underdog teams. So,
1: Jacob... Name your AL division winners. So starting off, uh, the AL East, they're returning two, three, four uh, playoff teams from last year. Obviously, like statistically looking at it, the Yankees are the favorite to win the division. Like it's there to lose, but this year I think it's going to be a lot closer, just like uh, how it is most of every other year. So the Yankees, I do have them winning the division, but. There could be dark horse teams like the uh, Blue Jays and the Orioles come up and sneak up there and only lose the division by a couple of games. For the AF Central, I think that it is the Minnesota Twins or the Chicago White Sox uh, division to lose. But a sleeper team could be the Guardians. They've got the pitching. They've got the young, uh, core, star power to do it. But White Sox and the Twins have more power behind the – Late for uh, scoring runs and everything. That's one thing that I think the Guardians could uh, lack on. Moving on to the AL West. This year, I think the Mariners or the Astros will win it. But it'll be a three-horse race between the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Astros. The only two teams I don't think in that division to come close would be the Angels and the Athletics. The Athletics, they're uh, projected to be the, the worst in the entire league or second or worst behind the Nationals. So that's pretty self-explanatory. What hurts the Angels is they don't have a bullpen. They've got Mike Trout, they've got Otani. They have other pitchers, but just they don't have any help in the bullpen. Moving on to the National League for the a- for the NL East this year, I think it's it's the Braves to lose. They're showing year in, year out, like they've got their young core together. They've got Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson. Uh, Michael Harris II. The they've got all of them. They've got the pitching to do it. I think that they'll win that division with the Mets and the Marlins and Phillies all being in a tight race for second, third, and fourth. The only team I don't expect to be in a race with is obviously the Nationals. For the NL Central, uh, I think this year the Cardinals the, the Cardinals are going to win the division. They've just got a lot of star power as well. They've got Paul Goldschmidt. They've got Nolan Arenado. They've got Jordan Montgomery, they've got Wilson Contreras, they've got Tyler O'Neal, they've got a well-rounded roster with the bullpen included. The Brewers, I think the Brewers are one of those teams that kind of take a step back this year. Last year they they did well, they finished I think second or first or second in the division. I think they will be a team to step back this year, though uh, the bats aren't going to be as good. I think last year was kind of like a fluke year. And then moving on for the uh, NL West, I think there's only one team in this division and that's the Dodgers. They're the only team that I think has a top to bottom roster that will compete for Worcester's. I should take that back. Once Tatis comes back, I think the Padres would be up there too. It would be the Dodgers and the Padres one and two, fighting it back and forth for that division. A dark horse team in uh, that division would be the Diamondbacks. They've got a young core. They've got a pretty good pitching staff overall. They've got uh, their top prospect Corbin Carroll just got caught up to the to the show. He's got electric speed, a good bat. So I think there will be a sleeper team in that team, too, but in that division. But overall, I think it'll be between the Dodgers and the Padres.
0: Those are some good picks, and I actually – and I enjoyed that Diamondbacks comment because they're on their way up. The core is playing really well, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do this year. For the AL East, I'm going to roll with my Yankees, and – I don't think it's going to be easy, like Jacob said. I think that the Blue Jays are definitely going to be in contention this year. The Orioles are going to be a lot better this year. The only team that I might look out on is probably the Boston Red Sox because I don't think they're going to have the lineup to be able to compete in this matchup. So looking at to the top to bottom, I think it's going to be Yankees-Blue Jays and then Orioles-Rays and or maybe Rays and Red Sox. It's going to be between those two teams at the bottom. In the AL Central, I'm picking the Guardians. They were really good last year. I think they're going to be the same this year. The Twins are going to be right in contention with them, following with the White Sox, and then the Royals or the Tigers, wherever each team ends up. AL West, I'm going to roll with the Houston Astros because they're just a solid roster overall, and when Jose Altuve gets back from injury, they're just going to be flowing really well. I, however, think the Seattle Mariners will be right on their tail. I'm picking them to win 100 games this year. I think they're going to be a top-dog team. They won 90 games last year, and their roster just keeps getting better in their young roster together. So I'm looking at Houston Astros, the Mariners, and then the Texans, the, and then the Athletics or the Angels, whichever it is. For the NL, I'm picking the Atlanta Braves. I agree with you on that. It's their division to lose. I like the New York Mets, and I like the Phillies. When Bryce Harper gets back for the Phillies, they're going to be hard to beat. The Mets, obviously, they picked up a lot of guys in the offseason, so they're going to be a good team to contend with. But the Braves, young core, went to the World Series, won the World Series once before. Can they do it again? I think they can. They're just a good team overall. So the Braves will be coming out on top in the NL East for the NL Central I always think this is a weird division. In a way, it's kind of the weakest division in the NL. All these teams are kind of really close. I mean, the Cardinals might be a step above everybody else, but I still think in a little way anybody could win it depending on how they play. I do agree that the Cardinals will win. The Brewers will step back. I think the Reds and the Cubs step up, and the Pirates remain where they are because over a long season, I don't think the Pirates have the talent to jump many spots. But I do think the Reds and the Cubs are in the same position at the moment. And the only reason I'm saying the Cubs are in that position is the way they played on opening day. And with Adam Dansby-Swanson and Cody Bellinger, and I think Cody Bellinger will might have a revenge season, we'll see. He's got a lot to prove, but it could happen. I'm picking the Cardinals to come out of there. And that's for the NL Central. For the NL West, I'm in a real mix here because I like... The Padres with Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and Fernando Tatis, and Alexander Bogart's onto that roster. So they're going to be a pretty deadly roster. The Dodgers, they're always going to be in contention in this NL West. I mean, they're just, they have the talent, they got rookie bets, and they're just going to be a hard team to beat top to bottom. It's going to be a toss up. Now, if Tatis gets back and plays bad, or they don't mix really well, then the Dodgers are going to win this division. But if it plays like it looks on paper, then the Padres are going to win this division, I think, farther than people can imagine. Those are my picks for the AL and the NL. I know we have some teams that we think that are going to be a lot better this year. Jacob, is there any particular team you're looking at throughout the AL and the NL that's going to be a lot better than they were last year?
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think the Orioles. They, they're building on a, what they had last year. I think they're a sleeper team that could win a lot more games uh, than what they did in years prior. Obviously, they had a bad history and a bad stretch of losing a lot of games. I think they have potential to climb up to the, the second or third spot in the uh, AL East behind the Yankees. The central, For the uh, central, a, a sleeper team that's year in and year out is the the White Sox. They've got the bats there. They've got a decent pitching staff. They did lose Jose Abreu to the uh, Astros, but they still have a great firepower. But I think the biggest sleeper team in the AL would, would have to be either the Orioles or the Rangers. I know you some don't consider them a sleeper team, but outside of uh, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager and Jacob DeGrom, who else do they really have?
0: I mean, don't they have Garcia in the outfield? They do. I think Garcia is a pretty decent he, he's,
1: batter. Yeah, he's young. And adding
0: Jacob, well, adding Jacob Degrom was a big, a big move for them this season. Like they're not going to be a electrifying team or a team that's going to win that division, but they're definitely moving up. Like Marcus Simeon, he was really good in Toronto, and he I think he was slept on last year because of how bad the Rangers were. Corey Seager was pretty good in L.A., so they they definitely have. A young core guys not all the talent they need yet but I think it's going to be an impressive team or a mid-average team and they're on their way up that's the good thing
1: yeah I agree with that but the biggest thing is they're in a division with the the Mariners and the Astros so those are two teams, the Astros they're a powerhouse now you can consider that, the Mariners are young, they're up and coming, they're good they traded for a lot of pieces last year at the deadline Julio Rodriguez is is already an all star. He was a rookie last year. So I just think like they're the looked at third team in that division. So I think they're technically could be a sleeper team.
0: You know what's crazy? Like you were talking about the Mariners, right? And how young and good of a core of the roster they have. That we still believe that the Astros are going to dominate. I mean, that's just crazy. I mean you you look around the AL and the NL. And they're really two teams that kind of stand out to everybody else, just because of their, their winning and their past and what they bring to the table. And for the AL, it's the Astros, and the NL, it's the Dodgers. Because just how, how – I, what do you, I one's a big market team, right? The Dodgers are. The Astros are a mid-to-average you know, market team. They're not like all the big cities and stuff like that. They're in a, they're in a big size city, but it's not what the market is yeah. everywhere else. The Astros are just so. What, what's the word? I guess. I mean, dangerous. I mean, would that be the word for them? Because they can battle back every time. Or I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's okay. So I'll compare it to another sports comparison. Right to the NBA when Kevin Durant was in Golden State. Would you compare the Astros to them? like a team that almost looks unbeatable every single time when they get in the biggest moment they can't lose? I mean, the odds are always against you. What would you – because I, I just feel like there's this pressure with the Astros that doesn't really arise with every other team, in the AL at least.
1: Yeah, I think that too. The Astros, uh, they're dangerous year in and year out. But the crazy thing with them is you see like – I know you were comparing the Astros and the Dodgers. The Dodgers go out and get players uh, through the free agency. So they're paying millions and millions for these big-time players like Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts. Yeah, they're great players. Do they deserve the money that they're getting paid out there? Yeah, probably. But the thing with the Astros is who, uh, who uh, have they gone out in the market to get rather than either bringing them up through the farm system or just trading them when they were younger for prospects and whatever. I think like if you look at their lineup, you got Altuve drafted by the Astros. You got Bregman drafted by the Astros. You've got Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, who have been in the system for, for years. You've got the pitchers like Christian Javier and Framer Valdez. I think they've they've been there at least three, four, five years in their system. So I think that's the biggest thing with the Astros is and what makes them dangerous in in the month of October is they have that chemistry they've got that core that hasn't really been separated the only thing that they're missing from this year from last year's team is Justin Verlander who went to the Mets so i
0: guess we just give props to management really is that organization to put that all together and for them to consistently win but they also consistently hold that you know that threat that dangerous powerhouse like for me i'm a yankees fan and still looking at the Astros, knowing that we haven't beat them. It's just like Judge is one of the best players on the planet, and it just doesn't matter because they can just eliminate him from the game.
1: Yeah, that, That's the thing with the Astros. Like you said, the Yankees haven't beat them, and they've faced off, what, two, three years in a row? It's just their kryptonite. The Yankees are a big market team like the Dodgers. They go out get basically whoever they want. they I wouldn't say they have an unlimited amount of money, but sometimes sometimes it seems like that, and the Astros just find ways to win. That whether it's tactical and going small ball or hitting home runs, they they'll do whatever it takes to win. I agree, man. I agree. It's
0: who knows, man. you yeah, honestly, like this is the fun about baseball, I guess. But always having that feel of danger to the Astros, like you know, you know, going into the season, like. Man, they got, like, the best odds to win it. It's just it's scary at the end of the day. But I guess for my, I mean, AL underdog team, would I'd agree with the Orioles. I, I loved watching them last year, young core, the way they played on opening day, going into Boston, and Adley Rutschman starting them out with a home run. 10-9 game, and Boston made their way back in that game, but they just couldn't pull out the end of the ninth inning. The Orioles are going to be a good team. They're going to be hard to beat. Do I think they win the division? Do I think... No. Do I think they will get in top three? Yeah. Definitely. I think they're just going to be a hard team to beat overall. But... I, I'm not... The AL is... A lot of it is just even. Honestly. Like, there's just a couple teams that are going to not stand out. For example, the Royals. The Royals aren't going to be very good. The Tigers aren't going to be very good. But... Everybody in the AL East is going to be a good-to-average team at best. Then you're going to have everybody in the NL Central. You'll have three teams that are going to be great to average, and then the two teams that won't be very good. And the AL West, same thing. Three teams that are going to be great to average and two teams that are underachieving. So the Athletics, like you said, projected to be the worst team in baseball this year who are going to be underachieving. And the Angels, who have two of the best players in the world on their team, are always underachieving. Like, can I jump into that real quick? Hey, how ahead. you have two of the best players on the planet in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. And you're in one of the biggest markets. And the team across the way from you, the Dodgers, won a championship. Yes, they, like you said, they went out and got people. I don't understand how the Angels can't Attract the same amount of talent that the Dodgers do.
1: No, I get that. It's it's one of those things. It's it's the game of baseball. Like you said, they're within five minutes of each other. They're like right down the road. But one's one's winning. One's winning divisions, World Series titles, and the other one's year in and year out underachieving. And it's it's kind of uh, complex and complicated. Uh, like you said, the Angels. I mean, they're right down the road, but they're just yeah, they got Trout. Yeah, they got Utani, but outside of that, who who else do they have? The Dodgers are year in and year out in competition of getting uh, championships and getting the top free agents. Like we saw, they got Freddie Freeman uh, last year. They've gotten other stars. They traded for Mookie Betts for almost nothing. Basically, I think they traded uh, Alex Verdugo and. Like another couple prospects in that deal, but they they're able to do that, and then when you look at the Angels, they aren't.
0: What's, what's weird about it is, to me, you don't need like the high level superstars that the Dodgers have acquired, right? So then they got Freddie Freeman and Cody Bellinger, and then what they did was, a lot of the time they just round themselves out with better, like just average players. Why can't the Angels round Trout and Shohei with decent amount of pitching? and decent amount of hitting. I don't understand that. Like, you have one of the best players who's ever played the game and possibly a player on his way to be that guy. To be the, you know, the... So Babe Ruth pitched and was a hitter, but he quit pitching at the age of 24. Shohei's 28 years old. And do you think they're going to pay that money that he's going to be wanting next year? I mean, we're going to be talking five six 600000000 right now just based off the fact that he won the World Baseball Classic and played like a superstar. There's going to be a lot of big market teams like the team across the way. They cleared cap space, and I could see the Dodgers looking into a guy like Shohei Otani. But I don't understand how you have two great talents, both that you drafted, and you can't make it work. I just... You can't get some average players... I'm not saying they have to be the best team in the division, but they can't even make it to the playoffs. They don't even come close to making it to the playoffs. I, I don't understand that at all. I, I'm not going to blame the whole thing on Trout being injured every single year. Like injuries happen. There's nothing that people can do about that, but there's got to be a way that they can recruit some better better talent than what they have around I'm not, saying super, I'm not saying they have to go get Muggy Betts. I'm not saying they have to get Aaron Judge or get some crazy name talent, right? How about just some average, decent guys? Like, look at the Orioles. Not everybody's a superstar, but they all play really well together. That is my question to the Angels. I just don't understand how a big market team can't recruit at least some decent, average players, especially playing with... Mike travis Tony
1: No, I get that. I think the biggest thing with the Angels is their farm system. They're like, you said, the Orioles, they have a great farm system. they got Adley Rutschman. They've got the young stars in their system, like uh, Grayson Rodriguez, Gunnar Henderson. Who's, Cedric Mullins. Uh, Gunnar Henderson's now in MLB, mm-hmm. but he just made his debut the other day. Cedric Mullins was good. But the thing with the Angels is they don't have a farm system. Like, I think they're – Year in and year out, they're bottom five, bottom ten in the league in farm systems. So, like, I think that's another key thing that they could build on, like, in the future is try to get prospects that could, overall, they can groom and build and then build into that culture and get to winning games.
0: Can you explain to the listeners who don't listen to baseball that much, what farm system is exactly?
1: Yeah, so the farm system is basically, if you're like familiar with like the NBA, they have the G League. They have uh, the G League can be signed to like uh, the G League team or the NBA team, vice versa. The NFL has the practice squad. It's kind of like that. Uh, the farm systems are for each team has farm systems that are single A baseball, double A baseball, triple A baseball, and then there's a couple other tiers, but. It's where, like, players get drafted. Like, in the NFL, if you get drafted, you're automatically assigned to a, to the roster. To so Whereas, if you're in the MLB, you have to, like, work your way through the farm system and then, like, prove yourself and get uh, make the roster. So, it's like going
0: through the minor leagues for a while, proving yourselves in the minor league, and then getting your major shot. Correct. And then if you... Pretty much, you don't play well in the majors for a while. They throw you back in the minor leagues till you come back up again. That's how I'm basically
1: understanding it. Right, right. So, like, say there's a a great prospect, and well, there's a, here's one for instance, Jerry Kellinick for the Mariners. He's a highly uh, rated prospect. He got drafted by the Mets. Got traded to the Mariners. He's a he's one of the best in the system. For instance, he got called up to the show was underperforming so they sent him back down to uh Triple-A and let him like figure out his swing, figure out mentally how to prepare at the plate this and that and then they call him back up to the show and to see like if he can perform at the highest level that they know he can he can play at because minor leagues and the major leagues it's a little bit different but not too much depending on the player like Uh, sometimes they rise to the occasion and build on that. And then there's others that they just kind of sort of can't figure it out to start off. So they get sent back down to the minors and then work their way back up and get called back up to the majors. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So that is the farming
0: system. That is a couple teams we thought that are going to be pretty good this year and talking a little bit about Shohei and Trout. I like to talk about it a little bit because it, It personally bothers me. I mean, they are great players, and to not have the talent to play in the playoffs or at the highest level just bothers me, because as fans, you want to see the best players in the biggest moments, and when you don't have two guys who are absolutely elite, you know, Mike Trout being around for this long and only playing in, what, one playoff series his entire career, and he lost, so to not see him back there again, we're not going to have Mike Trout forever. You're not going to have these guys forever. You need to be able to push them into the playoffs, and we need to see them at their best moments. That's what makes it special, especially having Shohei Otani on there now, being a great pitcher and the hitter that he is. It would make Angels baseball just absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, I agree with that overall. I think they, they still draw a decent amount of fans because of those two, even if they're losing ballgames. But branching off of what you said, I think that's why I'm a big fan of the World Baseball Classic. Uh, we got to see both Mike Trout on Team USA and their lineup of All-Stars. And then you got uh, Shohei Otani on Team Japan with their All-Stars. You got to see those two compete at the highest level for a couple of weeks. Otherwise, we wouldn't see that with the Angels. Year in and year out, they're underperforming. And then the World Baseball Classic comes around. And you get to see Trout have fun. Smile all the time. You get to see Otani play at the highest level. You get to see them win the World Baseball Classic, striking out Mike Trout. Like, it's just things like that that make you sit back and think, like, dang, this is what the Angels could be doing year in and year out, but they don't. Exactly. So we are now going to talk about
0: Monday's games there's some pretty great games on Monday, as it'll be the second series start. And what I mean by that is each team play, each team's play three games. And if you win two of them, you win the series. If you win three of them, you win the series. There's a, multiple games, lots of games for Monday. Uh, for me, Phillies-Yankees, that's going to be really exciting. I don't think Bryce Harper's going to be back yet. But have Trey Turner, JT Rumioto, and Aaron Judge... You, Carlos Stanton. I like Volpe. You know, he played pretty good yesterday. He played pretty good on opening day. So, it's going to be an interesting series. Definitely something you're going to want to tune into. That's my first pick for the day. Jacob, what is your first pick for the day?
1: Uh, My first pick of the day, it's probably going to be a a slept-on pick or underrated pick. But I like that Cubs at Cincinnati Reds series. Both of them could be middle of the pack teams this year. They've got. Uh, decent firepower. The Reds have Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, uh, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo. The Cubs got Dancy Swanson, Marcus Stroman, Cody Bellinger. So I think that's the first one I like in that series on Monday. And then, like you said, I like the Phillies. I like the Yankees series. Like Those two. I like the, the Braves Cardinals series. That would be a good one. Uh, the Cardinals came off winning the division last year similar with the Braves. I think that's a great series on Monday.
0: I like the Orioles-Rangers games. Those are going to be fun to watch. Two basic pack middle teams, just like the Cubs and Reds. Orioles are going to be better, obviously, than the Rangers, but for right now, we're going to see what the rosters are made of. And Rangers being at home and the way they played on opening day, I mean, anything can happen, honestly. So, that'll be a good one. For my third one, I'm going to—this is going to be, a, I guess, an underpick right here. Uh, would be the Diamondbacks and Padres. I think that'll be an interesting series. Like you said, the Diamondbacks' core is young. Tatis isn't back yet. Still have Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and losing to the Rockies the way they did on opening day. I think that the Diamondbacks may be able to win one game in this series. I think the Padres will— Evolutionally, win the series, but the it's going to be interesting to see what the Diamondbacks can do against a division opponent like that. That'll be that'll be an interesting series.
1: Yeah, that will be a, a slept-on series too that I like. And for my last pick of series that I like for starting Monday is the Angels Mariners. Like we just said, the Angels are underperforming year in year out. The Mariners young; they have a good core. Uh, they traded for guys last year. And Heinous Suarez, Luis Castillo, Castillo bolsters that that uh, rotation a lot, but I think that would be a great series too. The Angels probably finish like fourth in that division, Mariners anywhere one through three, and they're just young, exciting to watch. But it's also a divisional uh, series, so I think like that division plays divisional series really well, and uh, they play competitively, and I think that's that would be my last pick for Monday. They have a great, good series. I actually agree with that pick.
0: That's going to be slept on because coming off of the Shohei Trout talk and the Mariners being as good as they are, division rivals, it's going to be a good series. i like to see Mike Trout and Shohei pop off a little bit. But Julio Rodriguez is going to play really well. I was really surprised that they let go of Jesse Winker this year. The Mariners did. But I heard it was due to contract issues and the injury that Jesse Winker is suffering. Jesse Winker is was a red, traded to the Mariners, now on the Milwaukee Brewers. So going to be some interesting games. Like I said, this show is called It's Game On. Going to be a really fun show. It's not going to be just about baseball. We're going to talk about all different types of things. Like I said, we will go and discuss the scheduling of this show, when we will be posting. And it's just going to be 20, 30 minutes a week to get our – I guess just a little bit of discussion about the hottest topics going on. So thank you guys for tuning in, Jacob. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a really fun show.
1: Glad to be back. It's, it's exciting to uh, get to do this again and just talk about sports for at least 20, 30 minutes a week. Anyways, we'll see you guys later.